This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's a new year. You damn well better get on board. It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. And of course, on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Happy New Year, everybody. How long am I married to that phrase, Joseph Anthony Arthur Fortenbaugh, over the next couple of weeks? Did a bit on local radio about eight years ago where I asked how long could we could we go welcoming guests to the show and wishing them a happy new year before anyone like said something about it, meaning right. the guests. Right. So we got a week in, we got two weeks in, we got to like the third week of January, like January 25th. We had regular guests coming on every week. Right. We'd say happy new year. And they'd be like, yep. Happy new year to you guys as well. And I, we wonder like, how far can you stretch this before someone actually calls you out on it? I feel like by the end of January, someone's going to pipe up. And I feel like if you bring on a negative Nancy, like a fine bomb, for example, he might get you on today. Yeah. yeah. New year was nest yesterday. We're moving on. Yeah. So uh, on January 21st, Brian Sabian told you to go to hell. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Sabian, very nice guy. He would have indulged it forever. Uh, I'm trying to think of who would have stepped on that would have given us the business on something like that but that's a great call <laughs> well joseph i cannot get over how much we have to discuss on this show yes. today. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776 joe i don't care what anybody says okay i know what i know and michigan won that game last night and man they deserve all the credit in the world for that i don't want to take anything away from the kids no here we go Joe, if they win this championship, I'm sorry, it's a tainted championship. Why? It, it is a tainted championship because between now and three weeks ago and two months ago in the beginning of the season, absolutely nothing has changed. Have I missed it? And Michigan has somehow been exonerated in all of this. No, I have not. So it's great. I, I understand for the theater of college football, it's awesome that we have Michigan playing for the national championship and they can wear the black hat and they can enjoy all of that all they want being a villain we're so together our togetherness is awesome <laughs> hey jim you cheated we all know you have cheated and i'm sorry the majority of the country i think in a very tough situation by the way because nobody loves to root for alabama but i think people were actively rooting i'm in an airport yesterday people are actively rooting against michigan because they know they know that this is absolutely going to carry a stain with it oh yeah and, and frankly i was a little sick to my stomach as they won the game and last. you talked to all these people in the airport individually and asked them that's why are uh, excuse me i'm not i, I was not in the columbus to. ohio airport are, are, okay? are you rooting against michigan because you feel that this season is tainted sir or perhaps maybe they had money on alabama or maybe they just prefer alabama or maybe they just don't like harbaugh which real quick aside mm. how awesome was the pregame interview with harbaugh where holly asks him a question and he he just looks at the camera and he goes first of all Happy New Year to everybody. Yep. It's almost like the Harbaugh CPU that's inside of him, the programming unit, yep. was like, you must wish people Happy New Year. It is January 2nd. This is the normal thing to say. Yep. He says it, and it's like, what are you, running for office? We know uh, you don't mean that. I, I'll tell you what. Whoever designed the algorithm in the Harbaugh computer to actively just completely ignore the premise of a question right. that's asked to you, 
He didn't even answer the <laughs> They're question. They're brilliant. They should first be working all, in the military. First of all, Happy New Year. And then it's like, because you're coming off the Saban interview, and Saban just, you know, real serious, real focused. It's everything you would expect. You know, got to go out there, got to execute. And you think it's coming from Harbaugh. And he goes, well, first of all, Happy New Year to everybody. And it's like, you know what? Now that Harbaugh's wished me a Happy New Year, I can get on with my 2024. That's exactly what I was looking for. But back to the issue at hand, I don't, I don't, I, look, how tainted is it? Because we don't have any proof that they were doing anything illicit in the three biggest games of the year. The road game at Penn State, which he had already been basically self-suspended for, or whatever that was. The huge game against Ohio State in this game. If, if they're not cheating in these games, I don't care if they're cheating against Hawaii or UNLV. They're going to win those games one way or another. And the thing is, when we talk about these, these championships or these seasons being tainted, in the moment, it feels like it. And then let's remove ourselves and go into the future five, ten years and ask if we'll really look at it. Like, what was the year the Astros cheated in the World Series? Do you even 2017. remember? 2017. We that, will never forget that. That one feels like it has some taint. It also feels like if you discuss who's the all-time home run leader, that one's going to send a bit of a, sh- a, a chill down your spine because you're like, well, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's one guy, but that, that's tainted. But outside of that... It feels like we'll move right past this. It didn't even seem like the broadcast was on this much yesterday, if at all. I wasn't listening to all of it, but I was watching all of it. I don't think anyone's going to look back on this and be like, yep, they cheated. They beat Alabama, and there's no evidence that they did anything in that game. So, I mean, I, I, I don't... I don't think anyone's going to look back on this in history and say that there's an asterisk there. There's an asterisk there because of what they were doing because they got caught before any of their big games. That's the benefit to playing such a soft schedule. Well, Joe, a couple things I would ask you then. Do they in any way deserve the benefit of the doubt? No, they have not earned the benefit of the doubt at all. Exactly. They do not. That's number one. Number two, when did we really find out the extent of what was going on with the Astros? Well after the fact. Yeah. Well after the fact, and that changed what that all looked like at that point. Number three for me is that Michigan went through this whole thing of standing and pounding on the table about how this is so unjust until they were presented with what the Big Ten had, and that's not even the NCAA. And he said, you know what, we're good. We'll take this suspension. <laughs> I, I'm it's sorry. True. There's not something wrong there. Your coach missed half the season. Three of them were because three of the games were because of a self-imposed suspension. And then the second one was, hey, you, you, you know what, we're right. We'll, t- we'll take the deal. That's like going into a prosecution room and, saying, and you're putting your feet up if you're the defendant on the prosecutor's desk. And then he tosses the file at you as far as what he's got. Yeah, listen, I'll do 50. <laughs> I'll take the plea deal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's we don't see what need you to got, go to court. Tough guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, my when you look back. Here, when you my look- overall point here is this, okay? I look at Michigan and I can't look at them the same way anymore. And, and I do feel like it has been whitewashed here a little bit because there is a fatigue, a fatigue among fans, a fatigue among people about talking about this. And here's one that I just could not get over, and we're going to talk to him about this in a little bit. How about our guy Feinbaum? Our uh, Paul On Feinbaum the this float. morning. Nothing, He's be on nothing, the show. nothing says Rose Bowl parade like Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> I'll ask him about that, too. That's what I think of on New Year's Day. Yeah. But Feinbaum on Get Up this morning, I was listening to the audio on Sirius XM in my car. I nearly 
drove right through the Starbucks drive-through without even stopping and into traffic when I heard this. I don't, and uh, this is not. I'm not being a typical politician. I don't like what I what I know about that scandal. Uh, but I, I think what Michigan did, though, in the three games at the end of the regular season and then the, the, the championship game in the Big Ten and obviously yesterday in Pasadena, they, they showed they can win without, the, without sign stealing. And I think that has, to, uh, that has to make an impression. One other aspect of that, college football is, is so upside down right now. Uh, that while you might think about it, uh, you might think in, in your own mind, maybe it's tainted, maybe it's not. I think the fact that they, they beat Alabama, they beat Nick Saban in the grandest stage in the sport is really going to quiet all that down. That's a key point. Even my greatest ally in all of this <laughs> has fallen off and lost his mind on this. I mean, I- he makes a great point. The hardball sat out. Everybody had a chance to prove that the sign stealing was what made them great. Penn State couldn't do it. I, Ohio State couldn't do it. Alabama couldn't do it. The evidence was there. Someone goes out and beats them right after they're allegedly done sign stealing. Then you can go ahead and you can put it all, all the success on the sign stealing. But once we knew it came out, once we moved, removed Harbaugh from the situation, once we got to the playoff and they kept winning, that's what puts an end to it. It's, it did it even matter? Did they even well, need to do it? First of all, do we know that it ended? Can we prove that it ended? That's why I asked you earlier. Well, innocent until proven guilty well, in this country. Hang, so hang, prove hang, to hang me that though. they're doing it. Hang on, though. The first question I asked you was, do they deserve the benefit of the doubt? And the answer is no. No. So I, can't, I cannot operate under an assumption that something's not going on. Okay, I don't know that anything is going on. I'm not being reckless in in any sort of uh, accusations here, but I'm not going to operate under someone immediately being clean on something when they've already accepted a punishment for it and everybody's ready to move on. But overall, it's it's tough to take when we're just supposed to forget about things that have happened in the last couple of weeks, nothing has theoretically changed at all. No evidence has been given either way. And now, uh, you know what? That's gone. It doesn't matter. That's no. America. No. <laughs> that's, that's, isn't that not America? Like, we're moving on. We'll have another scandal tomorrow we can talk about. But no, no America you see what's is... trending on Twitter today? It ain't it ain't the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. I'll yeah. tell you that much. Uh, well, I would say this. America usually likes to see the downfall of the guy, and then they root for the comeback. So let's go Washington. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we want you... As always, to be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. Then there is the one move that Jim Harbaugh made recently that told you everything you need to know. Three words, cut and run. That's next on ESPN Radio. (laughs) This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. What I did love last night is that the best player decided that game with Blake Corum. And a long time ago, Joe, and and we see this too often with coaches these days, the premise is forgotten that it's not the play, it's the players. It's the players. The players are the ones that you put the the game in the hands of to make the right play. And when you get the ball in the hand of the right guy, he went out there and made a tremendous play in Blake Corum. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, what now sits is what's what now sits in front of us is what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh, and is he going to bail on Michigan? Well, he was asked the question uh, about his future, and the response was. Harbaugh-ian. Uh, there's a lot of interest in your future. I wonder if you can tell me what the chances are that the championship game might be your last one at Michigan. <laughs> My future consists of a happy flight back to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Can't wait. And I'll get on the phone with Don Yee and see where we are with the Spanos family, who he's apparently pretty close with, and see if we can hit that $20 million a year number. That was a pretty poor Ric Flair, by the way. Can we hear that again? That yeah. was a really poor Ric Flair. Uh, there's a lot of interest in your future. I wonder if you can tell me what the chances are that the championship game might be your last one at Michigan. <laughs> My future consists of a happy flight back to Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
Can't wait. Not oh good enough. God. Not good enough. Also, Horrible. the CPU really gave you a basic answer there. <laughs> that Harbaugh <laughs> CPU with the whole, like, <laughs> it's going to be a great flight. Like, you know, if you're staying, you're like, why would I even consider leaving? This place is the dream. Now, there's some negotiating in here because if you are staying, you're not going to come out and say that because then Michigan's going to realize, all right, we might not need to go to $23 million a year. Maybe it's $18 million a year and that works. But I don't think he's coming back. I think to the point you made from the earlier discussion in this show is that we aren't done with the sign stealing scandal. No. We only had the little Big Ten conversation. The NCAA eventually has to get involved. And if they win the national title, there's no way the rest of the country is just going to allow this everyone to move on from this. They're going to want to dig into it. They're going to want them to pay. And he's not going to want to stick around for that, especially if he wins. If he wins, he's achieved everything he set out to achieve. Now it's time for a new task. If he loses, he might as well cut bait and run, to use your terminology, because the hammer's going to fall. And when it falls, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder to compete on a yearly basis like they have been the last couple seasons. Yeah, I don't expect him to be staying there. Absolutely not. What percentage percentage would you give it that he stays? 15%. 15, that's pretty low. Yeah, that is I would pretty say 15% low. Fifteen percent right now. And listen, if he was going to stay, I believe he would have already signed that contract because that the, the offer that was out there. What was it? Ten years, one hundred and fifty. I forget what the number was, but it was absurd. It was maybe it was north of twenty a year. I don't remember, but it was the only stipulation was you can't talk to anybody from the NFL this year, and he wouldn't sign it. So that tells me I'm keeping all of my options open. And no, I'm not that committed to Michigan as far as what it is. First of all, the answer there, to your point, Jim Harbaugh's answers in these things is why I'm not really that worried about AI. (laughs) (laughs) Taking our jobs. AI can't do this. That Harbaugh AI is not at all convincing. No, (laughs) absolutely not. Absolutely not. This is not not the AI they portrayed in Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) That was much smarter AI. Much, much smarter. You you mentioned something earlier, though. I think you need to elaborate on it for the audience. The hiring of agent Don Yee. Yes. What does that mean? So Don Yee is a very prominent, mostly NFL agent. And he's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's Brady's agent. He's also been uh, the agent for several big coaches. And... I would expect that to be a much bigger factor here. Harbaugh did that in and of itself. That just the hiring of him was a negotiating ploy. Yeah. Just saying, oh, he hired that guy. Oh, uh, he's going to want to go to the league. Oh, oh, the price is going up and it's going up. Like Harbaugh, I'll give him this. The AI in terms of the intelligence part is actually very good. The AI in terms of the delivery, not yeah. that great. The, yeah, I, I think that's a great way to put it. I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, And the other thing about Don Yee is he reportedly has a very close relationship with the Spanos family, uh, who, of course, own the Chargers. Now, one thing that we have consistently talked about when it comes to the Chargers is being cheap. Are they going to pay Jim Harbaugh that kind of money to be the head coach and, in essence, run the show with the Chargers? That, to me, is a very tough question to answer. I don't have a great feel for that when I don't know how much Spanos really cares about winning. Based on evidence, it's not all that much. 
what we've seen, it's not all that much that he cares. So there's a lot to connect here. Harbaugh's coaching career started, uh, head coaching career started at the University of San Diego. Yep. So he was there. Then he moved up to Stanford. Then he went to the Niners, then to Michigan. So he's got a lot of California connection in there. Played for the Chargers, too. Played for the Chargers. Probably really enjoys Southern California based on everything we've seen. Um, He was an assistant with the Raiders, you know, early in his career as well. So there's been a lot of time in California. He'd be stepping into a situation where he'd have a very good quarterback in Justin Herbert, which is what makes that job so appealing. Very little pressure from the local media or even the national media. It's not like anyone ever gets on him. We kind of laugh. But this will be a defining year for the Spanos family in terms of their ownership because they've got the quarterback. They're an appealing job. They're a very appealing job. It's one thing when you're trying to hire someone in Carolina and you got the owner throwing drinks on fans and you got a quarterback situation and a talent situation that looks looks really bad. Really bad. It's one thing when you're that. It's another thing when you're the Chargers. It's very appealing. If you aren't trying to break the bank this year to bring someone in, then what's the point of any of this? And I'm I'm of the belief that I think this would be the year they would get aggressive because they just made a huge investment in Justin Herbert. Like, they just made a huge investment in the quarterback position. Why wouldn't this be the year that you would want to protect that investment? I know they love being cheap. They are a cheap organization through and through. But even the cheap realize you've spent so much money in Herbert. Do you want that to become a sunk cost? Go out there and protect the investment with a good head coach. Like, become serious. If anything, the rest of the AFC West should be looking at the Chiefs right now saying, my God, there's blood in the water. This Chiefs team is not that good. Kelsey's getting older. There are there are cracks in the facade, and no one is around to take advantage of it. The other three are dumpster fires. To so this cl- would be the time for the Chargers to try to make a move. And to be clear, the Chargers should hire him. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. getting around the kind of coach that he is. He gets the most out of everybody. Now, the thing about the NFL is what we saw somewhat in San Francisco. There is a shelf life. And it's not just whatever disputes he got into with ownership. Shelf life with players, too. And in college, although, you know, with COVID, and there's been five- and six-year guys now, usually that four-year period is enough for a player to put up with and then be able to move on with, and that's why it, I, in my estimation, college in a lot of ways is a little bit better of a situation for them because you really are the king of what goes on if you're at Michigan. He he runs the show. Ward Manuel, the president, none of them. Harbaugh runs the show. Most college coaches on that level do at those universities. It's not always the case in the NFL. Although if Harbaugh's taking that job with, with the Chargers, then they are going to give him the keys to go ahead and yeah. run it. And they should. They should. And one point on that, the issue in San Francisco wasn't so much burning out the players. It was the relationship with Jed York, the owner. York was young at the time. York was was trying to be way too involved. And that rubbed Harbaugh the wrong way. And the friction between those two ultimately led to the ouster. If you remember, in the terminology of his his departure, it was negotiated, I believe, that they weren't allowed to say that he was fired, that he right. was not being fired. That was very clear. They were all just moving on. But that was a bad divorce, and that was mostly because of him and the owner. If the Spanos family just stays out of the way, which they generally tend to do, let him operate how he wants with his own general manager. You probably have a better shot of success. And they had a lot of success in San Francisco. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. 
you know, just quickly on the David Tepper thing. Oh. That, that felt like a guy who's had a lot of drinks thrown in his face throwing a drink in somebody else's face. <laughs> this is how you do it. Exactly. <laughs> just because he hadn't had a chance to do it. Hey, why Nick Saban was actually the second best coach on the field last night. That is after Joe has this from Granger. First of all, you're not going to slip one past the handman on January 2nd. He was right in my ear about this read before we even got to it. Handman, job well done. The new year didn't creep up on you. Those now resolutions to sticking like glue. <laughs> for the ones who get it done, like the handman, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer all of your toughest questions. In addition, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. in the backfield. Can Bama survive? Milrow running straight ahead. He doesn't get it. He goes nowhere. He's tripped up and the Michigan Wolverines have done it. They have done it. They have done it. It's all roses finally for Michigan as they have slayed the Crimson Tide in overtime. That's how you do it right there, Carlin. That's Joe Tess. Well, Joe Tess, that's right. Losing his mind, radio, a little too correct? much espresso. No, that was uh, that was on ESPN Radio, correct? I believe yes. it was. Yeah, he was on the radio call for that one, uh, having the traditional espressos before. He was all fired up. Oh, he got how many does he pack in? Three or four? He gets he gets quite a bit in. Apparently, I don't have the official number, but he documents it on Instagram. And he and Jesse Palmer, they're putting them back before the show starts. Espresso. I want to make sure that's clear yeah, that we're having espresso. That when they're putting back them espressos. Back. <laughs> you you degenerates. Actually, we're the degenerates uh, when you think about it. It's Carlin versus Joe. <laughs> I mean, kind of. ESPN Radio. Speaking of which, Jeff Saturday. He's with us. <laughs> oh, hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. And ESPN <laughs> NFL analyst. But plenty to talk about with the college football last night. Jeff, it's Carlin. It's Joe. What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, doing great. Happy New Year to you guys. Sounds like Joe's been putting a few back this morning as well. You know what I mean? Oh, Saturday. Look, man, I spent the week in Buffalo. I tracked it. I had 104 wings uh, during the course of the week before I came back. You cut me right now. I'm going to bleed spicy garlic. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm I love a the wing fact man myself, just... so I don't blame you a bit. Real quick, flats or drums? 
Oh, I'm flats. Flats. Okay, you and I would get along very well because I'm drum, so we wouldn't be fighting each other for the wings. That's a good. That's a good. Oh, good perfect. romance right there. I like yeah, that. Good look. Yeah, exactly. We can go on a date. I'm in. <laughs> you pay. You yeah, pay. Yeah, yeah. I figure it's all. Oh, that's <laughs> the thing with you NFL guys. You 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 make a bunch, you save a bunch, and then you have everyone else paying. It's very smart business. <laughs> Such a good way to live. That's yeah. a good way to make it happen. <laughs> Who coached the better game last night? Uh, Jeff, Jim Harbaugh or Nick Saban? Oh, Harbaugh, in a, in a big way. I mean, they were outcoached really on both sides of the ball, if you think about it. They uh, they had a very good game plan with motion and, and formation sets and, and um, you know, late movement, whether it was hopping the back from one side to the other that really put – uh, Alabama's defense in a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of difficult situations, and then the Michigan defense really blitzed them the first play and didn't stop. You know the final play zero blitz, and they they you know they bring it all the way. And so um, yeah, I thought I thought Harbaugh was very aggressive in their in their coaching, um, and in and in big moments of the game, I think it showed. I mean, on the fourth down, the fourth and two or three, whatever it was, when he goes for it. To be that wide open, the miscommunication between the the linebacker um, and the, and the uh, DB just it just doesn't make sense, you know. Not in those, and even the touchdown, the uh, um, the, the 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 tying touchdown uh, again, wide open. So I thought Harbaugh did a great job. Now, obviously, it was not a clean game by either team. The the, the malfunctions on the special teams were brutal uh, for for Michigan, but in totality, the Alabama got out coached. Last play of the game, overtime, snap looks a little low. Quarterback Jalen Milrow takes it, tries to run up the middle, tackled, game over. What was supposed to happen on that play? What was Alabama trying to do? So what I'm thinking, Joe, is I'm thinking that the so the back is goes in motion, and when you see him going in motion, the, the linebacker who's in coverage is actually the backside linebacker. I'm pretty sure that it was a read that uh, Milrow could th- could throw it to him, which I think was is probably the, what they wanted because uh, he has them out leveraging. They got they got man to man coverage on the outside where they can either block or just run off coverage to get them. And so it's basically a sprint to the pylon, right? I mean that's basically your your hope if you're going to throw the ball. But that ball has to be the minute he catches it, he's got to flip his hips and put the ball out there because it's a timing play. So I think when the snap was low, Milrow's eyes go down. And so now I think, uh, you know, like the, the poor snap compounds to a, a, a kind of a panic, for lack of a better word. I don't mean he panicked in, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I think he just thought, oh, I, the, the, the pass is now out. Um, and then when he runs it, honestly, he's got to follow the guard, you know, because they had outside – uh, blitz pressure, so he has to be inside of that, but then he needs to be on the uh, inside hip of the guard, and I think he gets in. I, I think he just saw it, was like, I'm just going to try to make something happen, um, and, and Michigan just kind of pulled their neck there in the middle of that defense, but I, I don't. I honestly didn't mind the call at all. It's zero blitz. It's one of those things, but you know, the, with the low snap, all the other errors just got magnified in a hurry, and, um, and unfortunately, they couldn't connect. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us for talking about the games last night. It's Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio. So what adjustments should Alabama have made that they didn't? Oh, I think offensively they should have had a better pressure plan. This is not something that they had not seen throughout the season. You know, my, my, uh, my daughter actually goes to Alabama, so I've seen or been to a number of their games. Um, and, and teams will give them this. And their offensive line – 
um, you know, it used to be a real strength, you know, back in the day. They used to they used to dominate people on that side or, or in that uh, at that position, and they're really just kind of okay. You know, they're 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 they the Texas exploited them early in the year, and it was very similar to what happened last night. Is they they compressed the pocket by pushing the edges and the tackles for Bama were a little bit slow, and then internally they had a mismatch, and so they took advantage. They would blitz and then loop guys, and I thought. I thought Bama's second half um, offensive game plan was much better. You know, you, you want to gap scheme them, run it right at them. Um, you saw Milrow be very productive in the run game and the run game in general. I, I thought they should have probably run it more, or you block. In my opinion, you block it up and try to burn them deep. You know, when I played with Indy for all those years, one of our main uh, when we would face a team like with Rex Ryan type defense. We would block it up, and, and we'd make them pay for it. You know, you get man-on-man man on the backside and uh, make something happen, or you find the the, the, the advantage for you, and, and you do that. Um, and then in, and on defense, I would say that, that the, the communication between the linebackers and the, uh, and the DBs, you know, when they went four-by-one in that, that fourth and two, it, it, yeah, everybody's kind of looking at each other. But that wasn't the first time. That had happened in the first half and more in the second half. So I thought they would have had more communication on the back end of, hey, how are we going to do this? Who's going to be responsible for the furthest outside? And I, I just think they were just uh, you know behind the, behind the eight ball when it came to coaching on that part. Washington springs the upset on Texas in the second semifinal, setting up a very intriguing national championship game next Monday night, January 8th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Michigan currently laying four and a half over Washington. Total set at around 55 and a half. Any thoughts as to how this plays out this, this far out? Uh, this, I'm, I'm actually asking you here. This is for my. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a little press here. So what? Uh, I was thinking about taking uh, Washington with the points, and then even maybe the money line on Washington. You're, you know, you're, you're getting decent odds that way. So what, what is your thought? So here's where it gets interesting. If you go back to last week, the look ahead for this game. If you said these two were going to meet, the price was Michigan minus six and a half. Michigan goes out and beats Alabama. Washington upsets Texas. And then they send it back out after the game at three and a half. And what you see is Michigan money immediately hitting the market, betting it up to around four and a half or five. These games are so big that generally that first wave of action is going to be where it settles in. National championship games, Super Bowls like this as well. So if you're playing it right now, getting Washington plus four and a half, I, I I haven't done anything with it yet, but do you think – I think it comes down to this. Do you think Washington can protect? Can they protect Michael Pettis? I do. I, because if they can, I Jeff, I they're going to be in it. think line is very good. There you go. Then I, I'd say that's what it comes down to because that was what doomed Alabama. If you can protect Penix and let them get the ball out of his hand, they can put up points. And if you've got four and a half in your pocket with a team that can score, I think you're in decent shape. Look, that O-line was like named it. the offensive line yeah. of the year in college football. Yeah, so right? you got to feel good about it. It's a good unit. Yep. Je- Jeff, great stuff, man. We appreciate it as usual. I appreciate it, fellas. Have a great one. Yep. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I-, I will say I am extremely excited for the actual game itself. I because Are I you it- or are you excited to get all mad that Michigan's there and that it's tainted? No, I'm Because it feels like that's what, it, what it's going to be like for no. you on Monday. You're going to be very upset that Michigan here's, was stealing signs. See, here's what you're doing. You're assigning an emotional attachment to this situation to me that does not exist. I'm, it does not exist. We'll go to the back for that. I am pretty sure Wilner and Handman f- would side with me on that. Well, uh, okay. 
All I can tell you is right now, if it did exist, it doesn't anymore. <laughs> We're past it. I holidays, New Year, New Man. Right. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> I, I would say that when it is right and wrong, I'm not going to forget what happened here just so easily because the team won a couple of games. This is understandable. This is, that to me is not what you do. Not until. You know, innocent until proven guilty. We took a punishment, so exonerated. I don't think it's, you know, just somebody on law and order who, you know, was taking a hit for somebody else. Let me go. <laughs> I'll do the time. Don't worry about it. And then they, they can't allocute in court. All of a sudden, they forget the details. Anyway, Carlin versus Joe. In a semifinal filled with big name coaches, there is one who stole the show on New Year's Day. His name might not be as big as you think it is, or at least it has been. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's knows pros. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. They tried like hell, and they gave it every last second to try to get back over the top in that game. But Washington just made more plays, and that's that's what that kind of a game is what the college football playoff is supposed to be about. You look at the two games, you know, we wanted the most competitive games, Joe. We got pretty two darn good ones. We got two great games that came down yeah. to the last play. One yep. came down to the last play in overtime. One came down to the last play in regulation. You, you, you what more, more can you ask for? Are you not entertained? Yes. In the words I, of Maximus Aurelius Decimus. It was, it was fantastic. And, Joe, that's a reason yesterday with what we saw, with why I voted for Michael Penix to be the Heisman Trophy winner. Mm. He was absolutely fantastic. And Kesty made a comment during the game last night on the ESPN radio broadcast that uh, make, gave us a stat that nobody has thrown for more yards outside the numbers over the last two years than Michael Penix. His accuracy down the field and especially on the outside, where they are the hardest throws to make in football, and nobody has been better at it. He has something like 2,000 yards just outside the numbers over the last couple of years. He's incredible. He is an incredible passer, and I am glad that the end of the season has gone the way it has for him so that there's none of this, well, it's the Pac-12. Well, he's beaten up on Arizona State and Colorado and insert poor Pac-12 defense here. He got an opportunity on multiple occasions to face elite competition in big spots, and he played huge every time. Every time. That's what you want to see. I mean, we had this this discussion leading into the other semifinal about whether or not Jalen Milrow was a good quarterback, the Bill O'Brien comments, like everyone debating that stuff. That's quarterback play at the highest level right there. Like Milrow, I understand the line, let him down. I understand the snaps weren't great, but there wasn't much of a passing game last night. When he was throwing, he was missing guys. Uh-huh. Penix was incredible. 
He shredded that defense. Remember, that Texas defense went to Alabama and shut that offense down. Yep. And he diced them. With a month to prepare, Texas had no answer for the deep ball. They were just hitting on deep shot after deep shot after deep shot. That kid deserves his flowers because no one gave him a chance against Oregon and he lit him up. And then very few gave him a chance against Texas. And he went ahead and lit them up as well. Both times is a big dog. You know, if you look at what that Texas defensive line is, and you were talking about the concerns about the Washington uh, offensive line there a few minutes ago, you shouldn't have any because the Texas defensive line is outstanding. And that was a situation as you're talking about them slicing and dicing. Yeah, listen, they got to him a couple of times, but they didn't sack him once. Not one sack. They didn't come away with one sack in that game? Not one. Zero sacks for Texas in that game. That's not good. No. That's not good considering all the penalties. I never played the, the game professionally, yeah. but it strike me that way. I, you know, I'm no Jeff Saturday, but I'm, <laughs> I am going to throw out there the fact that not getting a single sack in that game is going to be a problem when that kid's dropping back to pass on a regular basis. You know, a lot of that goes to Penix. A lot of that goes to Kalen DeBoer, the head coach. I don't think people realize what a tremendous job that guy has done at this school and everywhere else he has been. In Joe, the buildup, I, Joe, there, there's a large portion of the people last night who were watching that game who had no idea who the Washington coach was. None. None. And if you go back and watch some of his pressers, the presser after beating Oregon um, in both games, as calm as can be, He's yep. not one of those guys that's running around, banging on his on his players' shoulder pads, like losing his mind, like Dabo, right? Dabo's very emotional. It's not to it's not to knock him. It's just that's one type of coaching personality. DeBoer is as calm as can be. Like in his team, teams take on the personalities of their head coach. And that Washington team's personality is very much their head coach's personality. They are very cool under pressure. They are very calm in big spots. They execute at a very high level. They are detail-oriented. DeBoer has won everywhere. We're going to spend a week talking about Jim Harbaugh jumping to the NFL and how it's probably going to work because it's worked everywhere else he's been. DeBoer's the same way, just on a much more unknown Schedule because people haven't been paying attention. Offensive coordinator at Sioux Falls, winner. Head coach at Sioux Falls, winner. Offensive coordinator at Southern Illinois, winner. Eastern Michigan, winner. Fresno State, if you remember, is the OC there, winner. Then he goes to Indiana and he's the OC there, winner. That was one of the best seasons we've seen from Indiana in a long time. Tom Allen got $20 million because of Kalen DeBoer. Exactly, and Allen now, like, they can't get rid of him fast enough. And then you look at what he did in Fresno State, went there, one immediately gets a job at Washington. They have the longest winning streak in the country. What's it at right now? Is it like 21 consecutive games they've won? That's a power conference. That was supposed to be USC's conference. And then there was all the talk about Colorado and Oregon. Washington was just kind of hanging around and blew the doors off of everybody. Kalen DeBoer, I don't know if they've inked him. I don't think he's got his extension in place yet. I'm telling you, man. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. If you you want to stay relevant and you're about to jump to the Big Ten, like, you need that guy. I don't even know what the price tag would be at this point. Look, emotions aside, and I promise, Washington can win this game. Agreed. Washington Absolutely. can win this game. And I think they've been underestimated all season. I was sitting next to a Washington fan at an airport bar last night. And he's like, I just want to see us get our, our love. Well, they're in the Pacific Northwest. And nobody's paying attention to football in the Pacific Northwest. And you, you're missing a show right now if you haven't. 
10 in a row versus ranked opponents, 6-0 and this season against ranked opponents. Unbelievable. But, you know, Penix is a little too old and he's injury prone, so eh. Stop. Stop. They're that awesome, guy, man. When he has been on the field since he was in Indiana, I saw him play a lot there. He has been a dynamic playmaker, and he is an outstanding player. And I, I, he's a guy that I think over the next couple of months we're going to see rise up Mel's boards for the draft. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.